Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. I'm Amy Stevenson, and my guest today is Ricky Cooper. He's known in the polo industry because he's the captain of the Wales polo team, whose patron is the Prince of Wales. He's a Welsh sports ambassador, a polo spokesman, an athlete, a model, and an all-round really fun guy. He's heading over to Aspen Valley Polo Club for the snow polo, and he's going to tell us all about it. This is Horse Hour. guest I'm particularly excited about because number one he's Welsh and and I have a little bit of Welsh heritage in me number two (laughs) he's a polo player so who could be more fun than Ricky Cooper how are you (laughs) I'm very well indeed thank you and thanks for having me on my pleasure come on let's be honest the Welsh know how to party they certainly do we had some great uh, events that when we were playing Wales for many many years you know playing in Wales for many many years and uh the events were always fantastic there. Middle of summer, you know, lots of uh, lots of good tunes, lots of good drinks. It was fantastic. Amazing. And whereabouts are you from? Because I find that, just before you answer that question, I find that people always say they recognise an accent and they say, oh, where are you from in Wales? And then they have a blank look in their face and go, oh, I have no idea where that actually is. But <laughs> Yeah, well, my... My accent's a little bit all over the place because I work around all of Europe. Mm-hmm. I lived in New York for four years, Ireland for four years. Part of the family are from Scotland. Part of the family are from Wales, from the Bridge End area. So I'm a real sort of British national and I'm married to an Irish lady with two half Irish children. So it couldn't get more mixed <laughs> up than that. <laughs> so what accent do your kids have? Well, they're very, very English. But the interesting thing, my daughter, first four years, grew up in New York. So she came back here with a complete American accent, only ever spoke with an American accent. And within one or two months of living in Ascot, that changed pretty quickly. (laughs) So they now have, you know, plum British accents, both of them. and, And how old are they? My daughter is four. Uh, sorry, my daughter is eight. My son is four. Are they into horses? Do they ride? He is absolutely obsessed. So, yes, she rides. He's just started at a school local to here called Hall Grove, where they actually have horses in the school. So that they take him from his classroom straight down to the horses, and he rides after school two or three times a week at four wow. years old. So. Oh he thinks God. it's natural, you know, he's not seen any any different ever. <laughs> yeah, it's part of his life. Yeah. So, Ricky, you are captain of the Welsh polo team. Did you know you part yeah. of setting this up? Yeah, it was myself and Harry Legberg, um, who set this up a while ago. Harry owns 
a huge estate in the middle of Wales called Glenusk, and beautiful estate which is known for its pheasant shoots and uh, salmon fishing, etc. Mm. Absolutely fantastic place on the River Usk there. And between the two of us, you know, we were playing a lot of games that were Rolls Royce against Maserati, for instance, and realised that the crowd couldn't really get behind it. As soon as we changed it to Wales against England or Wales against Ireland, the Welsh crowd came in their thousands and they treated it differently. It was, you know, our philosophy was always taking the sport into the towns, into the beaches, into the snowfield areas and bringing it into the towns and taking it to the people. And it really worked well in, in Wales. We played a lot in Cardiff and we played a lot in um, Glenusk and always huge crowds, 4,000 to 10,000. And it's grown from there, really, you know, just played in a game that was 16,000 in, in the US wow. um, just last month and uh, heading to Aspen in a few days for the snow polo. That is going to be huge, isn't it? That's yeah. so cool. I've, I've always wanted to see videos on YouTube of the people that go skiing behind horses. Have you tried that? No, I saw that the other day. Somebody sent me that uh, actual YouTube video. It looks fantastic. Please do um, it. Please do it and send yeah. it to us for Horse Hour because that would be so cool. It would be good, wouldn't it? Let's see if we can do it whilst we're in Aspen because you have a perfect setting there. Mm-hmm. You've got the horses. Yeah. And you've got the skis. So mm-hmm. um, I've just got to find a bit of rope. <laughs> <laughs> you could, um, yeah. a few people, if you, can, you, can you ski? Are you a skier yourself? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I am indeed, yeah. Well, yeah. then you'll find it easy, you know, stick up a few yeah, jumps. shouldn't be a problem. It's amazing. <laughs> Your son can ride the horse. You can go skiing yeah. on the back. This is like a real father and son moment. Well, he's he's not coming, unfortunately, to Aspen. I took that, uh, took that gig last minute and they're still in school next week. So um, oh. I get to go without them, which is... It's a good thing. No, I'm only joking. Uh, <laughs> I'll miss them. But uh, no, it's always good fun out there. You've got the world's best players. And this is the great thing that's happened, you know, through taking Wales polo and starting off on the traditional grass, we now play a lot of arena, which in the winter, in this weather, is sand-based. And the arena is almost like an ice hockey rink, you know, with rounded corners, a smaller ball, uh, sorry, a a bigger ball that's like a child's mini football. Mm. And we also play beach polo. We've been British champions several times, beating uh, England, Scotland and Ireland in in that race for the title on a yearly basis. That's amazing. Well, uh, the beach, the Sandbanks Beach Polo is very close to where I'm based. I'm based in the New Forest. Oh, there you go. And I remember the first year that it came to town. And, and you know, yeah. being an equestrian, it was very new to even the equestrian industry. They were like, where where is polo come from? Because yeah. the, the, the yards here, the polo yards, are actually quite hidden. They're very quiet. You never mm. see them. You never hear of them. And the polo industry in Dorset and Hampshire has just skyrocketed. So many more people are now playing polo and having a go at it that maybe yeah. had thought it was unattainable for them before. Yeah, which is the whole idea. And that beach polo grew from, you know, I, I would say several hundred. It's now 10,000 on a yearly basis. And what the big events are doing well in polo is not just about the polo, because my personal philosophy is the grass game, which came from the aristocracy and, and came through the military, etc. It's kind of dying out because the aristocracy is dying out. The military are no longer you know, putting out too many polo teams. There was a few, but not too many. Mm. And it's a vast game across a huge field. And for the spectator, it's not always 
as exciting as snow polo, you know, arena polo and beach polo. And these things have really taken off. And that's the key to the future is, you know, social media, keep broadcasting this stuff and getting it into the town centers. We just uh, played in the heart of Chicago. Wales polo team won the Chicago beach polo championship this year. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Which is excellent because it was right in the, the pictures are amazing because it's on the beach of Lake Michigan. And in the background, you can see the whole skyline of the city and all of the pictures with the horses out there and people fell in love with the whole game, which is the idea. It's to take it everywhere And then we have a charity aspect to that as well. You know, we're playing for Help the Heroes. We play for prostate cancer on a yearly basis. And so linking that in with the um, taking it to the masses has been our goal. And uh, with Prince Charles as our patron, he's, he's helped us vastly, especially across the Atlantic. What is he like? Fantastic. Yeah, this year we had, um, we had a great opportunity to meet with him in June. And as our patron, he he had an open house when he came to Wales and uh, met with the groups that he's a patron for. Mm. And we're lucky enough to be one of those. And it really helps you from, you know, from the charity perspective, you get into a lot more games. Um, the Chicago Beach Polo was a good example. We took Centre Bali, which is Prince Harry's charity, as the main charity for that event and raised quite a bit of money for them. Oh, and so when you're giving, yeah, when you're giving back, you know, polo's always been seen as an elitist sport and it does cost a lot to play. I mean, there's no getting away from that. But if you can then, you know, bring it as entertainment into, you know, into make it accessible to everybody is the first thing. Mm-hmm. And um, mix that in with charity and charity getting a lot of benefit out of what you're doing. And then it makes a huge difference. And you're raising tens, if not hundreds of thousands over, a, you know, a couple of years. It's incredible. And, and I like the fact that it's no longer elitist. I like the fact mm. that it's, it's about it's about horsemanship and i find that so fascinating years ago we used to think and you know i apologize for the thoughts of the people with this but they used to think oh what are you doing with your horse you know you're you're pulling on the reins and you're making it skid round and you know it's all hard but actually you use a lot of natural horsemanship techniques don't you yeah well a lot of it's through the legs as well you've got to remember in polo i mean you're you're gripping on with the knees and your body's rotating at the top and a lot of the commands and the signals are, you know, in your legs onto the horse's sides, onto the flanks, and you're moving the horse around, not through pulling on the range. You shouldn't have to do that. And you'll also find that they get pretty used to it. When a ball, with the better horses, a ball will go, you know, let's say you're running, running forward, the ball gets hit behind you, the horse will naturally turn. And if you're not a great rider, you're going to come off because the horse has already turned, whether you like it or not, you know. Um, and from a beginner's perspective, that can be a problem. But it does show you that the horse is used to reading the game. Mm. And one of the great things we've been able to do this year, and I've got more and more into this, is bring a lot of the horses from the racetrack. Oh, really? Otherwise, yeah, yeah. So I've got a couple of projects in right now in the winter, put them into the arena. And uh, we've got some really good trainers in the Wales Polo team of horses who take these horses on they retrain them for polo and one of the guys has had one of mine it was a horse called underwhelm that ran around seven or eight times at places like wolverhampton etc retrain them and within three months i'm already practicing we, we call it stick and ball in on the horse yeah and it's been introduced to slow shuckers already so hopefully by the summer 
that horse will certainly have the power and the speed. It's just teaching it to become a lot more lateral. What's a slow What's a slow chucker? Sorry, is that a time that you play for? No, a slow chucker would be where you've got a lot of beginners out there, and it's a slower pace of the game. You couldn't introduce one of those horses into a into a medium or high gold game. Right. Um, and expect it to perform straight away. So you you introduce it when you've got um, beginner players out there, and there's not so much stress, and there's a, you know everyone's making mistakes, and, yeah. and and the horses don't get so scared because nobody's going a million miles an hour. So you progress them through that, and it's a gradual process. You know, take it piece by piece. But it's great for us to see horses coming through and i've just taken on another one in the last couple of weeks so it'll be starting with me next week and then see them progress we should introduce you to janet folks have you met janet no she's from the deep dark valleys of wales and, and i absolutely adore this lady um there was a film made after her about her called dark horse it's huge okay. and she had a horse called dream alliance that she decided she wanted to breed she bred dream alliance and he raced and won the welsh nationals oh wow and then very he good. had an accident and then he recovered and it was all a very very emotional story and i won't tell you too much because i'd recommend watching the film but she's now breeding more racehorses and some of them after their career she wants them to come back to her and she wants them to have another career yeah so that could be it. a great yeah. like collaboration where her because her horses are phenomenal they go from her in training to then over to you and to be retrained for polo yeah absolutely so i'm working with a lady called Gemma who has a horse called Bar- uh, banister bell banister bell was its racing name its new name is bear oh. and that's the one that comes to me in a couple of weeks time it raced and, and it won came second a number of times and third so it was placed very well 13 races i think and then we put them into the program the retraining of racehorses and her view was you know I've got a horse sitting in a field. I really want it to have another vocation in life after racing. What can I do? Mm. And um, she thinks that bringing it into polo and getting it trained for polo would be a fantastic next stage. So um, as long as you're, you you get the right people that are very interested in the training and don't rush them through, it could make a wonderful you know, a wonderful polo horse with some great speed and ability. Lovely. Well, just going back yeah. to you putting the Welsh team together then, how did you and Harry yeah. pick your team? Well, I mean, first of all, the first thing was to find as many <laughs> Welsh people that we could, you know, with some type of Welsh heritage. Because the big problem that we faced initially was that there aren't very many, if any, polo grounds in wales so Mm -hmm. the the main hub you look at chester and you look at um obviously the south of england around the ascot area there's hundreds of clubs but uh, a a lot of it was well we we don't have a lot of aristocracy there in wales do we let's be honest we're we're mining villages we're miners we work (laughs) we're we're working class (laughs) absolutely yes but no and and that was the big thing we knew that the you know, the population are very interested in polo and they would come out and they'd support and they all want to come to the party, etc. Mm-hmm. And they all get behind it fantastically well. And and really, it was then just finding, you know, some it's all different levels as well. We play from sort of beginner level all the way through to the top level. And you've got some of the universities like Cardiff University has a team now, etc. So it's starting to grow. And that's what we were hoping for that other people would get into it as well and follow suit. So you found your team then? You found some guys that had a little bit of Welsh blood in them somewhere? Yep, that's it. And so how's it been going? You've won quite a few championships, haven't you? Yeah, we've won a lot. Yeah, we we play every year at Hurtwood, which is for prostate 
Cancer, which mm. is a huge tournament. They, the first year we played there, after the polo game, they had the Who come on stage, and oh, wow. uh, there was seven, 8,000 people. You'd like to think they were for the polo, but I think a lot of them wanted to see the Who. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Um, (laughs) The next year they had um, the small faces with Rod Stewart and uh, Kenny Jones on the drums, etc. And that was fantastic. This year was the Boomtown Rats. Oh, nice. um, With Bob Geldof. Yeah, so... We play there every year. We do the Hickstead. So Hickstead is obviously known for the show jumping and for the Hickstead Open and the Hickstead Derby, etc. Mm. Well, we, we play polo there too. There's a purpose-built arena 
that John Bond, the owner, put together. And we play there in the big international every every March. We do a lot in America. We've won a lot in America. At the There's an event there, the Scottsdale Polo Championships, where we played USA and uh, the military. And we played the best women's team in the world. They put together a women's team to, to play us out there. Oh, brilliant. Um, we, yeah, we won that for a number of years. And as I say, that gets between thirteen and 16,000 people. It's probably the largest attended, one of the largest attended games in the world. That's incredible. And then we play beach and... Now I've sort of broken off a little bit on my own as well, doing some of the snow stuff in Aspen. And that's this time of year when you're in a winter wonderland. I mean, there's nothing better. And you come back about three or four days before Christmas. And uh, I mean, it's just just magical time out there. There's something about you and, and the ice cold. You like the coldness, don't you? Because didn't you used to play ice hockey? I did, yeah. And yeah. You, won, you won championships with that as well, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I did, yeah. And um, for my sins, I'm uh, I'm still playing... The inline hockey, which is the same as ice hockey on roller skates, I play for the for the Masters. It's called the Masters Great Britain team, so it's over 38. So I'm still playing that. So this year, we just I just got selected last week, and we play against Slovakia, Czech Republic, America, Canada, etc. Quite often lose, but you know, um, <laughs> so it's a bit of fun. Is that one as violent? Is the inline skates as violent as the ice hockey? Because they get beaten they up. Fight, you don't get... They? Yeah, no, no, no. And especially at this age group, a, a lot of the inline hockey is non-contact. It's still on a big ice rink. The struggle we have as we get older is that uh, it's on a big <laughs> ice rink and it's four aside instead of five aside, so it's mm-hmm. a bit further to go. But I, I sit in the goal, so that's okay. I don't, I don't really train. I turn up once a year and, uh, <laughs> and and go and play. But it's the polo that keeps me fit. And you know, with that and running marathons, I do a lot of marathon running for the charities as well. So um, doing that makes it easy. Yeah, at what point then did you think, right, okay, I'm not going to stand in goal anymore and have pucks thrown at me. Instead, I'm going to sit on a horse and hit pucks. Where where was was that transition? Well, I was playing a lot of polo, and around 2005, I realised, you know, it's been great playing ice hockey while you're younger, et cetera, et cetera. And I was playing at a good good sort of professional level, getting paid every now and then. Um, (laughs) But you realise I've got to get a real job at the same time. And around 2005, we won the British National Championships and we uh, we were in the World Championships in France. And at that point, I thought, we, we've had a good World Championships here and uh, I'll focus full time on polo because mixing the two in your spare time wasn't really the way forward. And, um, and then I moved to New York and around 2012, they kept phoning me saying, could I come back and play for the national team at the World Championships? And I'd, I'd gotten... All of my kit had gone, so I had to buy a whole brand new set of kit to uh, to go back out. And most of it at this age, if I'm honest, is fitness and speed and, you know, still riding horses and hitting the ball around. It's not too different. <laughs> <laughs> what must your wife think? She must have thought when she had the babies, that would be it. He'd calm down yeah. now. But instead, you move on to a- another sport and you do both of them. Think of the other option. I could be sat in front of TV e- eating Chris and drinking beer every night. So, Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, you know, it's fantastic. And I think the horses, you know, the horses, you see them as a tool of tool of your trade for the polo and what you're doing there. But you realize that, you know, highly efficient machines as well, whereas the kids see them as pets. You know, there's Mm. a big difference. Um, I'd see them as a partnership. Surely they're a part. You work with them in a partnership, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when it goes right, there's no better feeling. It's magical. And so what about your wife? Is she is she into horses? Does she ride herself? No, she's the only one in the family that that doesn't. I mean, she did for a little bit, but uh, 
it wasn't really her. And as you up the level of your horses, the ability for a beginner to ride those type of horses is probably, you know, it, it disappears a little. But we used to go to Brazil and uh, play polo in Brazil. And there were some great teachers out there, some of the world's top players out there. And she would ride alongside them because it's very they're obviously very trustworthy know exactly what they're doing and know what sort of horses to put her on so we had some good times there but i think uh once the kids come along they they took the horses off of her i think <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's next week isn't it that you've got the snow polo it's the yeah. 17th of december yes correct. So, yeah. talk me through that then ricky what happens when do you fly out there so I go on Thursday, and I'm lucky enough to have my good friend Roddy Matthews with me. He plays on the Wales Polo team, but he's an umpire that's going across. He's one of the country's best umpires. He's going across as well and will be the umpire for the tournament. So at least I'm not traveling alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we fly <laughs> via Denver into Aspen. And Melissa and Mark Gansey put together a fantastic event over there, and they supply all of the horses, which are, again, exceptional level. Best players in the world. You have Nacho Figueres, who's the Polo Ralph Lauren model. You've got Nick oh, Rodan. Wow. That's, yeah, Nick Rodan's the uh, eight-goal player for, for the USA, one of the best – well, the USA's best player. You've got Tommy Biddle, who's has the maximum handicap for arena and snow polo. Um, so there's some real – great players out there you know so um it's an honor to be to be included can we watch this on tv over here you can you can yeah chucker tv chucker tv i will put the link up on my twitter account yeah i'll share that which is at riccolino 92 i'll send that and uh share that out next week but you will be able to catch every game for the from the uh, world championships it's the world snow polo championships out there that would be it's awesome live on NBC. i might see if i can have a chat with them and see if maybe we can embed it somehow we'll put it on the horse hour website so it will be yeah. from chucker tv but you can watch it on the horse hour website that would be fantastic and what what i'm starting to really notice in the last two years i mean you'll see i'm very active on twitter etc I think the the Wales Polo team has 4,000 followers. I have about 24,000 followers. So what started to happen is we're really integrating ourselves with the rest of the equestrian world, mm-hmm. and people are really starting to support each other. So, you know, I watch a good friend of mine, Lauren Weiss, who's a show jumper from the USA. I watch her show jump. She watches the polo games. And Chucker TV makes all of this accessible. And you'll find people like Melissa Gansey, who runs the Aspen Valley Polo Club, you'll see some fantastic pieces from her, you know, across Twitter and everything else and everybody linking in together. Well, you see, all they've got to do is use hashtag horse hour and it's all in one place. We will retweet we everything. Um, because we we're are. fascinated with the industry. We, we don't, yeah. you know, some of our listeners do play polo. They've had a go at it. I'd say the majority really don't have that much to do with polo, but want to learn. So it, it is a fascinating industry. And the fact that you guys are so much more accessible now is brilliant. You know, if we need any yes. tips yeah. or advice, we can just go and follow you on Twitter. That is it. Yeah. So you go out there on Thursday. Yeah. You don't take your horses with you. That's what I find interesting. It's the fact that you don't take your own horses, that horses are there for you. I mean, what happens if you get a dud one? Well, that's happened to us many times. There's been a a couple of events recently that we've been to, and after the first... I mean, there's four chuckers in in the games that we're playing. After the first chucker, everyone's looking at each other, thinking, oh, my God, the horses are going nowhere. (laughs) But I take a couple of guys with me who are also the guys who, in the Welsh Polo team, that... Uh, train retrain the racehorses and train horses etc and they can ride anything 
So uh, even the worst horses, they still manage to get something out of. And, you know, we've benefited because we've been playing on the beach, let's say, instead of on the open fields. I think on the open fields, we wouldn't stand a chance. But uh, <laughs> if they give us some some horses that aren't great, then it's still not too much of a travesty. But in the main, I would say we've been treated extremely well every time we've been, you know, been abroad. And uh, they give us some very good horses. And especially with Melissa and Mark, you know, playing in Aspen and playing in um, the Scottsdale Polo Championships, they mounted me there a couple of weeks ago. The horses are amazing, so you don't even have to worry. I mean, it's pretty seamless, and it's like playing your own horses, which is great. That's well, brilliant. they're better than my own horses, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what time you're on yet? I don't know. I haven't seen the schedule, but I'm fi- uh, I can I can, from memory, we play between 12 and 4, I believe, on Saturday and Sunday, which is the 17th and 18th, is that right? Yeah, is that Aspen time? That's Aspen time, yeah, so um, plus six hours. But um, again, I'll I'll publish all of that, and it'll be on Trucker TV, the schedule, pretty pretty soon as well. Well, We can't wait to watch it. I wish you so, so, so much good luck for that competition. We'll be rooting for you, rooting for Wales, definitely. And uh, if you do get a chance, take some photos, please. We'd love to see what it's like out there. We will indeed, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not out there this time. I'm not playing for Wales. I'll be playing for... The U.S. Polo Association. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So there's, um, it's usually teams like Audi, Flexjet, U.S. Polo Association. Those type of teams will be playing. So um, a little bit different. Sometimes they'll have, oh, St. Regis. St. Regis are fantastic to us and, you know, put us up while we're out there. And they put a team in each year. Piaget, those type of names are out there so and, and you have sponsors as well don't you so who are your yeah. sponsors at the moment i'm doing quite a bit with uh clog eye for the last five years which is the welsh welsh uh national team sponsors and they're involved in all of the jewelry for wales oh nice i mean yeah. that might need to have a little look at that <laughs> yes you should indeed they've been fantastic for us i mean five years of partnership there and wherever I go they you know have been extremely supportive and look after me I'm a big fan of the likes of Tally Ho that mm-hmm. have helped me on numerous occasions as well and uh, which is I mean they're huge in the equestrian world and I'm doing more and more stuff with the likes of American Equis who make all of the irons the US call them irons we call them oh, syrups. Uh, syrups yeah are yeah. these like the what are these ones like? Because I've seen a lot of gold-plated stirrups lately. Yeah, these are fantastic. Multicoloured, but mm-hmm. extremely lightweight and very durable. From memory, I think they're made from uh, aircraft aluminium and real lightweight compared to what we have been using. So every, you know, uh, in a polo game as as in show jumping, etc., every second counts. Mm-hmm. And as much weight as you could take off of the horse is beneficial. So... You know, instead of training the body so hard, you can just wear lighter stirrups. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> what, what, what do you win, Ricky, if you win this? what? what does it go to charity or do you win a massive amount of money for Christmas? <laughs> it, it, no, it depends on the tournaments that you're playing in. You know, the, the prestige of winning something like this is fantastic and you'll come back with lovely trophies and, you know, um, there's always sponsorship prizes and American Aquisia sponsored the Bentley Scottsdale Polo Championships. So you'll win those type of prizes. But there, you know, look at Polo in the main. 
there's a Hublot World Championship on the beach where you can win watches. I mean, there's various different things. So, and we've been fortunate that Clog Eye put up a lot of prizes. We've won a lot of jewellery and cufflinks and mm-hmm. that type of stuff all the way through as well. So there's some fantastic things out there. But you'll usually find it's linked to jewellery, it's linked to champagne, <laughs> and linked to expensive uh, items. <laughs> yeah, Royal Salou whiskey, this type of stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's good. It's good and. Uh, we end up giving giving most of the stuff away or it's taken by your children. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for joining us, Ricky. Good luck at Snow Polo World Championships in Aspen. We can follow you, you on Twitter. We're going to watch you on yep. Chucko TV. And, um, yes. and I can't wait. Good luck. Thank you very much. And we'll be big followers of you and uh, make sure that we're getting the horse hour out there to everybody as well. Bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We're at Olympia all week this week. So uh, from tomorrow, going to bring you lots and lots of exciting news of what's going on backstage. Events are lenses taking photos. We'll be sharing those on Horse Hour on Twitter. They'll also be on our website as well. But for the latest backstage videos and interviews, then head to Twitter at Horse Hour. And they'll also be on Instagram and Facebook too. All the same handles. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about polo, then take a look at the Education Hub on Horsehour.com. .co.uk. And there's lots of other advice on our education hub too, especially with the season at the moment. It's so cold and miserable. So there's some winter nutrition advice, things about rugging horses, loads and loads of information for you. So if you get time, head to horsehour.co.uk. Don't forget to tag us in your videos and your pictures of what you're up to with your horse. I hope you have a really good week and I'll speak to you soon. You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter, Mondays, 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern, by using the hashtag HorseHour. Follow Amy at AmyStevenson1 and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM. Horse Hour.